LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. And some guys from across the pond. Do I say across the pond or is that just England? No, you say they're from down under. Oh, that's better. They are from down under. Okay, but if they're from down under, do they say we're from up yonder? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Scott and Derek, what do you say? What? What? How do you say that? Where are we you, from? You don't say Aussie, but you say they're down under. Yeah. I, I think you can say yeah. yeah he, he can say that. Yeah. Well, what about us? Yeah. Where are we from? When you're coming over to the uh, States, it, what do you say? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I don't think about you too much. No, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, well, I would, I would call you, I would call you as Yanks. I'd call you sep- Sepos, but, but that's not really a nice term. You no, know, but that's more called, rhyming slang. So you know? we're called Antipodeans by the English. Yes, but then we would, you know, the same could be said of them. And we're called convicts, uh, prisoners. Uh, that, that's the other sort of you know useful phrase for yeah, for Australians. I don't know. But we're a multicultural nation. We're a young nation with a with a great heritage, and a, and also multicultural, you know, diverse culture. And we love you guys. So we always speak positively. Whatever we call you, speak very positively. So why are all your cities on the coast? Why haven't you like conquered the interior? I mean, Americans because have done that. Unlike like America, America, we don't have vast tracts of beautiful arable, you know, rich land. We have desert, and uh, and we have regular droughts, and so. Have it, you been to Las big... Vegas? It's a city in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Have you been to Southern but California? Also, but quite dry. It is, but but uh, comparatively, there's a lot more green in America. So, okay. yeah. All right. Now, Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna don't represent all of Australia. No. But, but you should listen to them on the one thing. <laughs> yes, and likely you have. your yes. Their voices are probably familiar to you because they are a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. So one thing that we wanted to do was to actually interview all of the members of the, of the podcast network so that you can just hear their heart, uh, see or, why. <laughs> or smack, whatever yes. the case may be. Yes, and, and most importantly, hear their beautiful accents. I wouldn't describe them as beautiful. <laughs> no, I wouldn't describe them as beautiful, but their I can, I can accents are beautiful. I, I was I just flew back from uh, from Chicago and I was in the LA airport and I hadn't heard an Australian accent uh, for a long time and I, I rocked up at the lounge sort of waiting and there were Australians everywhere and I'm talking to my wife Natalie just saying, I cannot believe how ugly the Australian <laughs> accent is after spending two weeks in America. <laughs> so yes. It, it, you, you just sit in the milieu of Australian accent and you don't see it. But when you go to America and hear, you know, all those beautiful different Dulcet accents. Dulcet tones over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must not have been too far. Well, I'm not going to say anything. All right. All right. I'm going to so, offend someone <laughs> somewhere. Okay. So more about Scott and Derek will come up throughout the course of the episode. Yes. But they are – actually, let's just go straight into the questions. All right. And it's going to come up. I'll, come up. I'll start. All right. Scott and Derek – who are you currently learning from? Uh, so I'm on a bit of an Aubrey Mathers kick at the moment, actually. So I've been going to uh, read a bit of the his back catalogue, but the one I'm reading at the moment is uh, developing emotionally mature leaders. Uh, so I'm really loving that, just in thinking about vision and how it uh, feeds into emotional resilience and clarity and uh, moving forward. Um, and the other one, the other guy I'm reading um, is a guy named Sam Chan. He's an Australian guy. Uh, he did his PhD over at uh, TED's over there on uh, speech act theory and, um, and preaching the word of God. But he's written this great book called Evangelism 
in a sceptical world, it's excellent. It's just about uh, how it is that we take the gospel and we connect with people uh, and uh, help introduce them to Jesus. So they're the two ones I've read there. I'm learning from those guys at the moment. They're excellent, both very, very different, but um, yeah, they're great. Yep. That's awesome. Scott. Now, now, Derek, uh, before we hand it over to Scott, Derek, as you, what, what, what's your title now? Is it the general manager of Geneva that's Post? The general. General manager. Yep. yep. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> that's it's a like, very, it sounds like you're well, a general manager of a sports team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do that in the side. Um, but uh, no, it's because they wouldn't give me uh, a proper title that I wanted. So uh, they've given me the general, I oversee stuff. Um I, I make sure that things aren't completely going off the rails with Geneva Bush, just uh, strategic direction, uh, making sure we actually have people and we're paying them. And, uh, yeah, uh, look, if you don't know, Geneva Bush, our goal is to see hundreds of churches evangelised into existence. That's my goal, see, to make sure as a team and as a network we see that happen. Um, Awesome. And we Good. love we love our friends over at Geneva Push. Absolutely. So, Scott, uh, before you answer your question, why don't you tell them your new fancy title too? Well, I'm also a general manager. <laughs> so that's the new fancy title I've got uh, for a new uh, organization that we're starting in Australia called Reach Australia. And, and the aim of that is to see vital leaders of thriving churches. So we are going to work with established churches to actually see them become healthy, evangelistically effective and multiplying churches. That's kind of it in a nutshell. So at That's the great. moment we, we still haven't launched it, we're, you know, developing it and I'm doing a whole bunch of research to sort of work out, you know, best ways to actually develop leaders and to see change happen in established churches. So it's, it's, it's starting again in some senses. So it's a new startup and I've been given the beautiful title of general manager, which means, you know, it, the buck stops with you. You've just got to get stuff done, yeah, which is leadership good. really. That's, yeah. that's, that's leadership at its core. And what's, and what's great about Scott and Derek and why we've partnered with them, not only for the network, but we have actually for the past couple of years gone to Australia with them, yep, uh, yep. you know, to work with them. And, and now if you actually, if you live in Australia or New Zealand, or if you're closer there than here in North America, and you want to learn how to develop a leadership pipeline, well, we have worked with, trained and equipped Scott, Derek and, and their guys to be able to coach churches. Them, yeah, we did. If you will. So they're the guys, they're the guys there that we're going to, I'll be over there this next year as well, working with them on that. But if you want to learn more about Leadership Pipeline and how to develop leaders in your church, they're the guys that you want to look up if you're over there. Absolutely. Right. So Scott, right. why don't you answer the question? I, I just want to, I just want to make a caveat there. I cannot promise to have as many sort of aphorisms and phrases as Todd Adkins, but I'm, I'm learning slowly, so... I'm, I'm, I'm slowly building my list of, you know, poetry and plumbing. It's a map, not a menu. Uh, all those regular phrase, phrases. I, I did steal one of uh, Todd's jokes the other day uh, for uh, a pipeline day, and I got a laugh. <laughs> That's so, good. <laughs> That's awesome. It's translated. Uh, well. Yeah, I, I learn lots. I learn lots from people. So I'm, I'm a massive, you know, talking, you know, talker through problems. And so I've just come back from doing a, a four-day course in Chicago. Uh, and that, that's just been really helpful, sitting down with a whole bunch of other not-for-profit leaders, uh, you know, talking about their challenges, hearing about their contexts. And from that, I've just been able to pull, pull away a lot. But, but your listeners want to hear a couple of books. So let me give you two books that I've been um, finding really helpful. The first is a, it's a secular book. It's called uh, A Beautiful Constraint. So it's, it's basically what do, you, you know, what do you do when life gives you lemons or you make lemonade? And so I, I feel like often 
you know, often we have a culture not of not of abundance, but a culture of, you know, lack in the Christian world. And so this is a really helpful secular book uh, written by a couple of uh, a couple of guys in America who sort of talk about the attitudes that you should have when you've got, you know, constraints in your um, in your organisation. Uh, so I'm I've been reading that just to sort of break out of that. Oh, we just don't have enough. Actually, we've actually got a lot. We just don't see it because we don't ask the right questions. So a beautiful awesome. constraint. The, is that, the is other that book, by so is that right by now. Adam Morgan and Mark? Yeah, Harden? Adam. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. How to transform limitations into advantages? Yeah, it's, it's so, really interesting that I mean, if I look back over the the years that I had in different churches, it's not the ones with the best budgets or the biggest budgets that were the most creative, because you know the whole idea of uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, I think it's also the mother of creativity as well, because oftentimes it is when you have unlimited resources is not when you're the most creative and you find some of the best solutions. It is that it is that whole idea of constraint. So can you break down like or, or give us one big thing from that book? Yeah, I, I think I, I think trying to understand some of the mindset. So the, the book talks about, you know, you get victims, neutralizers and transformers. You know, so the victim sees the constraint as, as a, a limiting problem, so they're going to lower their ambitions. A neutralizer sees the constraint as, as a roadblock on the way to their ambition, but they, you know, they find a way around it without compromising their goal. Um, and then the transformer, they actually see the constraint as an opportunity to improve. So I, I think that, that sort of gives some language to sort of see when those attitudes, you know, exist. I think as Australians, we're often, you know, we're often sort of a glass half full, again, you know, uh, America manifest destiny. Let's go. Let's go to the moon. Let's not just conquer the West, but let's go to the moon. In Australia, because of the hardness, I think of uh, of the land. You know, uh, I, th- I think we have a different culture. So, I want to sort of see. You know, see how we can actually break. You know, break through some of those. You know, those mentalities and those attitudes that you see in churches. And I think you know, in the context of what I'm sort of launching on and embarking on, ch- churches are places of tradition and they're places of, well, we can't rather than what if, you know. So I want to I keep learning. How can I keep challenging that sort of status quo so we can break out of, you know, existing norms and patterns to hopefully do new things but to take, the, you know, take the, the, same, the same message in new ways to, um, you know, to new communities. That's what, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm learning, yeah. Now is this, do I listen to this, do I skim it or sit down and read it? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's helpful to sit down and read it. They've got lots of helpful stories about their own, um, you know, their own, their own, you know, journey. Um, so I reckon it's, I reckon it's worthwhile to read. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, there's loads of people blogging about it as well. So if you're short of time, um, you know, you can jump on and, you know, put a beautiful constraint in and see a whole bunch of different, um, uh, you know, people's reflections on it in their own context awesome. as well. That's awesome. Well, I just yeah. ordered it while you were talking. So, yeah, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> pretty sure I'm. This is fantastic. All right. Let's go to the second question then. What is the main point of emphasis for your leadership team right now? So, it'd be interesting to hear uh, the for Geneva push because Scott and Derek, you guys ran that together. So, Derek, it'd be interesting to hear uh, you answer it on that point. And for Scott, you starting something new right. and running point on that, we'd love to hear uh, just the, the major point of emphasis for both you guys. 
Yeah, look, I think with the moving on of Scott, we've really got rid of a lot of dead wood at the moment. So um, <laughs> this really is why on cleaning up the mess. Right is now, why right? you need to listen to the One Thing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, for Jennifer Bush, we are in transition. So Scott, um, Jennifer Bush, about nine, ten years old. Yeah. Um, so when it when it uh, started, it is a strange church meeting there. Where Scott was the first guy on. Uh, so he he's the guy who's run it, been the executive director uh, for years and driven it um, uh, by himself and then a growing team of people. And so I've uh, I've just taken it on. I've been working in Jennifer for a few years as the director of training, but haven't taken it on now with Scott moving to Reach Australia. We are a team in transition. Um, so we know each other well. Um, the people we have working for us are, are incredibly high-quality people. Um, but as a team, uh, we are working out what this brave new world looks like for us uh, with the rise of Reach Australia, hopefully, and supporting Reach Australia, but with us as a team still driving into planting with the recruitment pipeline of planters drying up a little bit. And so we are, uh, we're in that transition period. Uh, there's heaps of things to do. There's thousands of things to do. Uh, we, we've had a bit of mission creep, and so we're trying to get back to what it is that we do. But one of the things I think I've realised um, sometimes a hard way in the last uh, little while in that transition is that um, – my tendency always is to run towards getting the thousand things done. Uh, you know, that's what you do when I'm planted. You do stuff. Uh, you network with people. Uh, you're trying to win people for Christ. You're churning out a talk each week. You're organising Sunday. You are doing stuff. But I realised just in the, where the team's at, I need to pull back a little bit or quite significantly from doing stuff. And I need to run instead of away from people and doing things – I need to run towards the team at the moment. I've realised that's a big shift for me. Instead of running towards doing stuff, running towards the team and connecting with them, uh, imparting the vision again, seeing how they play a part, uh, making sure that I'm hearing where they're at, their concerns, the nervousness they might have, uh, you know, painting that picture of excitement as well. So, yeah, that for me, that's that for our, me, my leadership and the team right now, that's the, the realisation I've got to run towards people, the key people, faster and harder, towards meetings, which doesn't feel intuitive to me because I want to get stuff done and meetings doesn't feel like getting stuff done. Um, but, yeah, that, that for me is the, the thing. Yeah, That's really good. So that, that really describes that shift from being a member of the team to leading the team now, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So I was leading uh, uh, some of the team anyway beforehand, but it's that – it's the the recognition now that while they might have been doing previously uh, things independently uh, within the context of the team, just reconnecting us together again. It's that moment. And so you're right. It is. It is leading the team. It's it's the uh, you know the the pipeline, the layers. What what do I need to do at this uh, layer, this level? But it's the it's a relational connection. I think we've just got to work out how to how to get back together to refocus and to drive forward once more. That's great. Um, yeah. That's great. How about you, Scott? Well, I, I think one of the key things I'm working on at the moment is trying to get out of the way. You know, so I think when you when you transition and, and hand over to a, a successor, I think one of the hardest things to do is to take your, you know, take your reins off the off the 
take your, the reins off the horse or take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> I was such uh, a city guy. And, uh, Where are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> it, it is really hard to hand over something that you've worked so hard to create. And so I'm, I'm really conscious. I want Derek to lead that. So actually getting out of the way is really important for me. So being, being intentional about how I'm involved in meetings, uh, you know, with Geneva Push Steel, uh, what my role is, uh, you know, role is still in the team because I'm still working on some things. Um, some aspects with Geneva Push. So I think that that's part of it, how to, how, you know, getting out of the way and actually handing over well to, um, you know, to, to the people that have taken over my role. In, in my new work, uh, Reach Australia is going is to really be pulling together a whole bunch of different people who are already doing some really good work. So part of my work at the moment is collaboration. And so I'm, I'm reala- realizing that, you know, networking and building networks and, and creating, uh, you know, creating partnerships is what I, is naturally what I'm good at, but I need to, I need to be in this early phase working on the systems and structures that are going to actually get that done. And so, um, a part of, you know, part of the sort of hundred conversations that you're having with people selling the vision, talking about why you're doing it, you know, getting that feedback in so you can tweak, you know, the strategic plan is actually building those that trust and that relationship between people who have been in some ways, you know, working in their little silo to to get a really big problem, which is how do we get established churches, you know, more evangelistically effective across Australia. Um, so it's it's that process of collaboration and building partnerships that I'm working on at the moment. That's good. That's really good. So what are two or three things that you have to do every day to continue to lead at the level that that you'd like i mean you guys are both shifting into new roles which usually means Mm. you're shifting into new gears how do you do it yeah i I think for me at the moment there is just there just seems like there's a never-ending list of stuff so doing the the regular things of uh at the start of the week and the end of the week reflecting on on what's um you know, what's ahead is really important. So that's something that I've, you know, sort of been working on over the last sort of 18 months with my own leadership is to think about the next week, what do I really need to get done? What are the key meetings, you know, that need to take place in order for me to move the two or three things that I'm working on? But then I want to also at the end of the week reflect, well, actually, how did I go at that so that I can actually, you know, learn from where I've been inefficient in my time or um, haven't actually achieved what I set out to do. So, So that reflection piece is really important. I think as well at this point in time, um, I need to be um, I need to be read you know reading more. Uh, again, I think I, d- I just get caught up in the doing as well, like everyone. Um, so I'm I'm trying to put aside time to um, to read and learn from others, and then apply that apply that learning. Um, and then the final the final thing is I've just got to spend more time with my family. Uh, so uh, I think. You know, we, we we all do a lot of travel. You know, I've been away. I've been away for the last two weeks, and then before that, you know, a week. So I've been away a fair bit this last month, and so working out how to spend good intentional time, you know, with my kids and family has been something that I need to prioritise and keep, you know, keep you know keep sewing into. Uh, and that's that's a challenge with young kids. It's a challenge with um, you know being away on Sundays. You know, often uh, just because our work is with churches, and right. you know, Sunday be church day. So, so they're all they're they're just things that I'm, um, you know, that I'm I'm 
wrestling with at the moment that I've got to, you know, in my, in my week and working out the shape of life, I've got to deliberately take time with my each of my girls. You know, they need one-on-one time. So trying to trying to slot that in to have those conversations to spend the time where, you know, that's where they raise their concerns and their questions is, is something I've been working on. Mm. Yeah. Is, there a, is there a framework on that first half? I mean, I, I get the, the latter half with your family is, of course, it's just making the time and spending the time. Uh, as much mm. as anything else, but is there on the first half when you're talking about beginning and end of the week, is there a type of framework you use or, you know, how do you decide what's important? Um, yeah. I mean, go for it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think first of all, just putting aside the time. So I've got half an hour in my calendar uh, on the Sunday night to look, look into my diary. I've got half an hour in my calendar at, at the end of the week to say so intentionally putting in that reflection time is important. Um, setting aside longer time in the month as well, I've got that in my calendar to spend sort of half days and full days, you know, thinking and, and reflecting. So actually putting that time in, I don't, I don't think, I think we quickly crowd that out. And so being really, um, you know, protecting that time, setting that aside, making sure that time actually happens each week is, is really important. In terms of then the prioritisation, well, you know, it's the tyranny. It's always the tyranny, the the urgent, or what's in front of you. You know, this week is there's a whole bunch of meetings um, that are just have been locked in months ago. That you know now you've got to go. Okay, I better prepare for that. Um, it's working out. You know, in in that moment, what what do I you know what do I bring to that you know that meeting? So what do I need to prioritise in terms of bringing um, you know bringing into that context in terms of the, you know the skill that I have, trusting that there's a whole bunch of other people in the room as well who are going to be you know bringing you know, gifts that, you know, God has given them to, uh, you know, to the, to the table and to the, uh, to the discussion as well. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I think doing the forward planning, I think the doing the forward planning stuff is the thing that is most helpful. So is there a tool? I don't, I don't have any, I don't have a quadrant tied. I'm not, a, I'm not as mm. quadrant as you. So I wish I had a quad, a quadrant. Um, but for me, it is, it is actually looking ahead two or three weeks, looking ahead to the next week. Um, and, I think naturally I'm a forward thinker. I think that's one of my strengths. Um, it, it, the weakness of it is that I, I don't actually then get the stuff done that I need to do in, in the in you know in the week. I'm always thinking about the next thing, even though the first thing hasn't actually finished and isn't completed. I'm thinking about the next event as we're still doing the current event. Mm. Uh, so I think I think I think uh, that's naturally my bias to be thinking forward and thinking into the you know the next year. I've, I, by having that reflection and looking forward to just the week in front of me, I'm, I'm reminding myself regularly that I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to get this week's tasks done as well as be looking forward. Yeah. Is that, yeah. That's That's good. good. That's good. Derek, how about you? Yeah, I, so, um, I'm an introvert. So I, I've realized that I have to have, uh, 30 minutes at the start of every day, uh, just to stop and think and plan and prep for one big thing that I'm going to do that day drawn from the big thing I'm doing that week, big thing I'm doing that month. So I, I've just I, I've made it a habit of um, it hasn't been an easy habit, just getting up early and having that half an hour to myself just to uh, be clear about what it is I'm going to do. Can you so. share with the audience what happens when you don't get that time to yourself? Because <laughs> we had a beautiful we had a beautiful trip a couple of weeks ago where. He, he he just had too many people. My goodness, he was he was so angry and angry. Thank you, Derek. Well, 
Oh, it was cranky Derek. I've never seen it before. There's more to it than that. <laughs> I was in a car behind Scott following. He was driving like a maniac, and uh, that was giving me the I don't know what that's like. I haven't had to follow Daniel in a car in, in a foreign country driving on the wrong side of the road in a city early in the morning. You know, hey, you actually, I've seen, yes, I've seen Derek a little out of sorts, uh, and that was when <laughs> we had a car, quote, unquote, run up the back of us, uh, whatever that means. What do mean. you mean? It did run up the back of us. <laughs> it did. I don't, I don't, we don't say run up the back of us. We said we got oh, rear-ended. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we got a serious, uh, <laughs> we, we, that was, that was bad, man. It yep. was, it was. In fact, that route we took that day, we did, Scott and I have driven this morning. So we we're reminiscing about that. Well, yeah, just this were. morning. Yeah. Yes. Um, Anyway, so that's my so that 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 half an hour a day for me is just a clarifying moment. That what is the one big thing? Because you know you can e- easily feel like you get to the end of the day or the week, um, and you haven't achieved anything. So that moment is uh, is both just me resetting um, and saying what it, what is the thing based on the things I'm going to be aiming for this year um, that I need to uh, I need to do. So that one big thing at thirty minutes. Um, another thing is I've realised um, moving out of church planning and preaching every week, um, I think and I sharpen myself by writing uh, and I hadn't been doing that as much because I haven't been preaching and so that allocated time isn't there. So I've, um, uh, I I need to write to think, uh, to keep stirring myself up, to keep sharpening what I think um, on things. So for me, I, I realise not, not necessarily daily, but this is probably a weekly thing. Uh, I've just, I have to, write stuff i've got to allocate time during the week to step out and write now that doesn't always feel productive um it doesn't always feel like time well spent on the time and and the quality of the stuff that i write is um it varies significantly but but that's important to know about yourself yeah yep um and so that that for me has been really uh really important and the last one and scott mentioned this as well i've um just because I've been traveling uh, so much, probably too much at the moment, um, I've made it a habit that um, at a particular time of the day, well, I've got three boys, a particular time of the day, I just go out and spend that half an hour at the end of the day with the boys doing whatever boys do, destroying stuff, killing cane toads. Uh, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of stuff we do in Queensland up here. Um, so I just need to connect with them. When I don't, um, that's just the beginning of everything else unraveling actually. Um, I feel like I'm not like them. Uh, the other things I'm doing uh, just you know start to pull on the thread and things unravel. So no, that's that's really good. And and in this question, to remind our listeners, what are two or three things that you absolutely must do daily, and what benefit does it have on your leadership? Both of you talked about your home life, and that was that's really the next question, which is what does leadership in your home look like? So, uh, you know, try to try to camp out there just a little bit more and give us some more insight into into what that looks like for you guys in your home. Yeah, so I'll um, I'll kick off on this one. The so for for us, so Jack, my wife, and uh, three boys. The goal for all of us, for Jack and I, when we started out in this and we didn't have any uh, kids, uh, the goal was for us to do be on this together, be doing this together. Um, so when we went into ministry full time, when we church planted, uh, it wasn't about me pursuing my goal. It was about us doing it together, mm-hmm. uh, together. And and that 
has been really that was really the heart of why uh, of how we did it initially. And obviously, it's changed. Like you have kids, and things change. My wife's capacity to do stuff uh, changes. Her ability to do stuff, uh, both our lack of sleep inhibits us doing stuff. Um, but that the centre of that uh, has been important for us to remember that we we want to do this together. It's not just about me pursuing something. Uh, it's about us uh, on mission together. And so as these families grown, we've kind of put, uh, we've tried to work out how we we keep doing that. And as I moved from church ministry to parachurch ministry geneva that's been really tricky because previously we were all in the same kind of room together we're with the same group of people together um the issues we we're working through we we're doing together um but now parachurch i've had to pivot a little bit to work out what it looks like for us to do ministry together and it's like oh, we've got local church we're involved in so we do that together but in terms of my work and how it is that we together are driving towards uh, mission and building the kingdom. That's been tricky to work out how it is. So yeah, it's very different. Uh, so you know they're one step removed from that. So what do I do? I've been trying to think. But how is it that I uh, bring them along that journey with me? And it, it, one of our mutual friends, Wade Burnett, was really helpful with this stuff. He was sent, uh, when they moved from Louisiana to Nashville um, to uh, work. You know he uh, he was talking to me about how they sat down as a family together. Uh, how they they put pros and cons about moving and how it is it would uh, uh, it would affect them as a family and what it is that God was calling them to do. So one of the things I'm, I'm trying to do in this uh, in my job now to, for us to do this together is well, first and I talk about the stuff that's happening in Geneva, push the planters, uh, people who might be planning the things that are going on in churches. So I want to talk to them about stuff that's going on in the network. My wife coaches um, uh, one of the wives in the network as well. But I'm also taking my boys periodically to things that I do uh, now yeah. to try to connect them with what I'm doing. Now, that sounds amazing, but it actually hasn't worked out quite well. I went to do something in leadership. <laughs> and my middle son, oh, I shouldn't say my middle son. Now everyone knows. You, no one knows him anyway. Anyway, my middle son, he was great. It was a dinner at night, um, and I was just doing a talk after the dinner. He, was, he held it together during the dinner. He was brilliant. He's nine. He's a champion. Held it together during great conversationalist. I got up to do my talk, and there's only so much dignity you can call people to be reconciled to Christ while your son is doing somersaults on the lounge <laughs> next to you. Um, and so, you know, there was this tension between I wanted him to come to see what I was doing, to hear the work. Um, you know, but for me, look, that's my thing. I want to work mm. out how we do ministry together. So I'm trying to bring them along in that's any way important. I can. Yeah, they're one step removed. That's really That's good. It's really good. How about you, Scott? Uh, so I, I'm a, I'm at a home with uh, I've got four girls and I've got a I've got a wife. Uh, so I'm I'm very outnumbered. And so leadership at my home looks like saying sorry lots. I think. Um, so I think. I think. Uh, I know that sounds a bad way to start, but but I, I regularly know. I regularly I regularly let them down, and uh, and so mm. I think. I think kids need to hear. Yep, I've stuffed up. I've I've gotten angry. Um, I yeah, I haven't I haven't done what I said I would get done. Um, you know, kids have a way of remember you know remembering that stuff and pulling it out when you know when they can use it to their best advantage. But I think regular you know regularly sorry and having a culture of actually saying, hey, look, I'm I'm sorry for uh, speaking to you this way or I'm sorry for letting you down. Uh, I think is um, I think is really really important. 
Um, I, I think as well, I want to have a ha- I want to have a house that is um, uh, that is open. You know, so I'm, I am an ex- I am an extrovert, and I love lots of people. I, I'm realizing that my eldest daughter is is an introvert, and that she she doesn't like lots of people. So uh, I want to I want to create a culture of hospitality in a house, a culture of welcome, and you know that's something that both my wife and I have you know have always sort of modelled. My wife is an introvert, mm. but you know it's really hard to have a, have an open house. You know, we just kind of we've kind of reflected on last week while I was away, and I said, oh, you know, you had a big week with me being away, but then she talked about all the people that had been in our home over the last week. And, you know, pretty much every night she had people over that she was cooking dinner for that were around for different things. So I, I think I want to lead and model to my kids that, that we're a house that is generous and open uh, and and welcoming. And so for me, that that means that means refle- recognising that that's a gift for me and that's something that I do easily, but also understanding that that's also not my kids' um, my kids' gift. So, again, that's another, re- that's another area where I've got to say sorry because I'm, I'm – really good at sharing their toys and, and their spaces and their stuff. And I've got to, you know, I've got to say sorry when I don't actually, you know, ask their permission on, on some of those things. But, um, yeah, so I think, I think saying sorry, having a culture of hospitality. Uh, and then, and then I, I think the final one is, um, it's just modeling, modeling, following Jesus. I think, uh, I think that's something that I learned from my dad. My, my dad was, um, my dad's got the gift of administration He's a, he's a really humble bloke. Uh, he's you know he he's always the session clerk. He's always the person on you know person sort of doing the admin and doing the behind the scenes stuff, moving the chairs, you know, getting the you know getting that morning tea sorted out. He's not the person up front, and uh, and in some ways, I want to keep modelling to my kids you know humble obedience um, you know to Jesus. I think that's that's what my kids need to see. They need to see that you know that I. Um, that I, I love and trust in in the God who um, you know who's who's got all things worked out and and, and got us in His hands. Um, so that's trusting Him in the midst of you know in the midst of pain. It's trusting him in the midst of you know uncertainty and uh, and uh, and trusting Him when things are also you know going great and we've got lots of you know things to be joyful about as well. I think one of the things that I, I've stayed in Scott's house a bit just when I've I've come down because I'm in Brisbane, he's in Sydney. One mm-hmm. of the things that I know is God, though, is he, um, it's the little things actually as well that he does. Uh, like he, they've been incredibly busy. It's the getting up early to make lunches or to cook uh, breakfast for the girls, taking things home for them, um, being there and connecting with them. Uh, I think that has been, actually, that's been one of the things that I've noticed about uh, Scott that you know, It is the little things that connects him to his kids mm. as well as or grandiose. That's, that's not a, that's not a leadership thing, though, but a little tip: if you do travel lots and you're in ministry, is uh, is always bring home a gift. So if anything's over two days, always bring home a gift because then the kids they're looking forward you to coming forward to you coming home, you know, and they they're literally ripping your suitcase apart. They're not looking <laughs> yeah. forward to you coming home, but they're looking forward to these gifts. So <laughs> so I think that's been a really helpful thing. Well, my 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 middle son is still dining out in the peanut butter that uh, Todd put over when he was uh, his daddy. He's loving it. That was awesome. a big peanut butter. He's, put on, just... he's put on eight kilos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'll do it, man. It'll do it. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna round out our last question with, uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self about preparing to lead? What was the groan for then? Well, the groan mean? is, um, yeah, I think I'd say, I think I'd say, slow down. Uh, I think I'm, all, I've always been in a rush to get stuff done, and uh, and I think I'd say, 
you know, slow down, uh, enjoy, you know, enjoy and reflect on, on all the good things that you're seeing God do, um, in and, in and amongst you and, uh, and, and slow down and, and celebrate that. Um, I think I've, I've got an urgent, I mean, Derek will probably tell you, I've got an urgent, an urgent, um, disposition where I'll, I, you know, keep, you know, wanting to move forward. And I think I'd say just slow down a little bit. Um, yeah. Slow down and remember that, you know, remember that God is, you know, God is, is working in the midst of, of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Derek? Uh, I think for me, uh, I'd say just have clarity on your biblical convictions and remind them yourself of them daily and their implications. I think just that, you know, you come out of seminary, come out of Bible college and uh, there's a lot of head knowledge in there, but the, that stuff penetrating into your heart as you do ministry, those deep convictions that you have, you know, what are people actually like, you know, depravity of, of men, you know, the sinfulness that is within us, but it's that conviction and the implications of it. Uh, what I'm like is well, I am sinful, how I will react to other people, uh, what the future is, why I'm in this, this kind of eschatological question of, Actually, time is short here, and people absolutely need the gospel, and it will be painful now. And you know, people will abandon you; you will abandon people. But actually, there is a gospel of hope they need to hear. Those convictions, um, being reminded of them daily, so it actually shapes how I think as I get out and interact and fail and ask for forgiveness. I think that that's what that's what I would want to drive back to: have clarity on that stuff, so you know what you're doing. That's so good. I love that. Love that. Well, thanks, Scott and Derek, for being on the podcast with us, for being a part yeah. of the podcast network. And talking about the podcast network, if you haven't yet checked out the group Answers podcast, you're going to want to do that. Co-hosts Chris Surratt and Brian Daniel talk about small group leadership, resources, training for you and your ministry and your church. So it's, it's a very valuable podcast that you're going to definitely like if you haven't yet listened into it yet. Right, right. And if you just want a great excuse to visit Australia, you can go with Daniel and I. Just wait till we're going over, register for where <laughs> we're going to be there. We'll meet you there. It'll be great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time.